Welcome to Paradox Jukebox, an unconventional podcast for the unconventional music lover, brought to you by Music on the Move Studios, a woman-led company working to help musicians move their careers forward through education and live events. What is going on, Paradoxers? Thank you so much for listening in. And first and foremost, I want to take a moment to say thank you to everybody who has left a review for this podcast. I greatly appreciate it. So if you are an avid listener and you haven't had a chance to give the podcast a rating on Apple Podcasts yet, please take a second and do that. And if you leave me you know, your name and a cute little message, I will be sure to give you a shout out on the next episode. So first things first, shout out to Jenny Teeter, who was also on one of these episodes but she was also kind enough to go and leave me a review so thank you so much my friend I really appreciate it so let's get down to the nitty-gritty friends on today's episode I have Judy Stakey a veteran executive music publisher artist mentor author and speaker who is based in Los Angeles. She's known for signing and developing a bunch of really big name artists, but I'm going to spare you the name drop and she'll tell you all about that later on. So I need everybody who's listening, please take out a pen and paper or get ready with your favorite note-taking app because if you are a singer-songwriter who is trying to cut your teeth in this business and you're very green or even if you're not very green and you've been in it for a while but you're not finding success yet, Judy has some tips and tricks for you that is really going to set you above And I also have to put this out there. If you have not attended one of her songwriting retreats, then make sure you check out the show notes because I will have links to her website, her songwriting retreats, her book that you definitely need to buy right now. It's on Amazon. And honestly, it's not very expensive at all. I mean, it's it's a drop in the bucket compared to the knowledge that you're getting out of this book. So it's called The Songwriter Survival Guide, and you need to have it immediately. So there will be a link for that too. But sit back, get ready to absorb some information because she is going to take you to school and I promise you, you're going to like it. Welcome, everybody, to Paradox Jukebox. I am your host, Katie Thompson, and with me today, I have the wonderful Judy Stakey. Thank you so much, my friend, for being on the show today. I really appreciate it. Of course. I'm glad to do it. So uh, I'm going to let Judy talk about her her back history a little bit, but um, I, I can confidently say that she's been a mentor of mine since 2017 when I took her It All Starts With a Song songwriting retreat uh, in Nashville. It was a life-changing experience for me, and so I'm incredibly excited to have you on this podcast because you have so much insider information for musicians who are currently in the industry and then also musicians who are trying to break into the industry and just figure out where do I start? What do I do? You are, in my opinion, the go-to when it comes to songwriters and who they need to look up to. So I'm so, so excited that you're here. Why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about your background? Tell us, you know, where you started and what led you to your retreat. Okay. Um, thank you again. Um, I, my mother always says that I came out of the womb singing and dancing. So that was my that was my love from, you know, from the beginning. And I just followed music the whole way. I took piano lessons for 13 years. I self-taught, my, uh, self-taught myself guitar. 
And then I went to USC and got a, I had a degree in music plus general education and I graduated and I went, what the hell am I going to do with this? Um, as I, as I say that, you know, there was no internet around when I graduated from college, so I couldn't type in, you know, how do I get to Broadway or how do I, how do I do this? Um, and so instead of, um, following the dream of performing and writing myself, I got into the music business, which was kind of a fluke because back then there was, you know, it was very, um, it, it wasn't as organized as it is today. So, you know, it was much smaller and so forth, but I got into the music business and I got right into publishing, which was an amazing thing for me because it's exactly where I needed to be. Um, music publishing is the, is the is the company and the curator of the song and the songwriter. So when you as a songwriter write a song, you own 100% of that song. You are the writer and the publisher. You created it and you have to take care of it. That's what a publisher does. A publisher really takes care of everything. Well, when you are writing a lot of songs, you most writers want another publisher, a music publisher company to come in and take over. So even though you are still a publisher, you, you want to hook up with another company that will take care of things for you. And that's what I did. I worked for Arista Music for seven years. I then went to Screen Gems, which, which was part of the capital EMI system for three years. And then I went to Warner Chapel for 20 years. So spent over 30 years in the traditional music publishing business. And at each company, my job was to identify talent, to sign it, to develop it, and then to market the talent, which meant that I took songs from, you know, Matthew Gerard, and then I, I, you know, I guided him. I, you know, he wrote great songs, and then I would take them to artists and get them cut. Um, and I loved what I did. I love, love, love what I do. I'm very passionate about it. Um, I'm very lucky that I, my job entails sitting with a songwriter at the very beginning, whether that means it's their first project or their third project, but you sit with them and you, you help them and guide them to figure out what they want to say and what they want to do this time. Um, I also was very lucky that I, my department, which at Warner Chapel, I really, um, I, I developed into not just developing um, songwriters who wrote for other people, but songwriters who were artists themselves. So I would have staff meetings for my, my general writers and give them casting lists and give them projects and hook them up with other people. We had monthly meetings for these staff writing um, meetings and all the, all the writers that were writing for other people would come to these meetings and we would, you know, we would talk about who's looking and who needed to write with each other so that we would get on all these projects. The other half of my department was developing songwriters that would then get record deals. So Cheryl Crow, Michelle Banch, Jewel, um, uh, Paul Freeman, Katy Perry, you know, it just, it, Joy Williams went on and on. Um, but I really, I enjoyed both of them so much. They both really required the same thing was coming up with that hit song, whether it was for somebody else or if it was for themselves, it was coming up with that hit song. And then after, let's see, after 30 some years in the music business in 2000, 
nine, I left and started my own company. And I started my own company because I felt that there was not a lot of room left in the traditional music business for the development. Most companies at this point wanted hit songwriters. They wanted everybody to be developed all, you know, fully developed. They did not want to have to go through the process of, you know, taking, you know, kindergarten and first grade, let's just say. They wanted them as high school and college students, you know, that were already there. But that development process is so important. Without that development process, you don't get the high school and college kid. So I, I, I quit and started my own company with my passion of teaching songwriters foundational, foundational work and, and ground, you know, groundbreaking tools to help them um, build a career and not just not just one song but to build a career so that they would know how to write song after song after song and I've had my company for a dozen years now and I work with writers on a one-to-one basis I do consultations I critique songs which I think is one of the most important um, things that I offer because you know I, I, I liken it to if you make a cake and you serve it without tasting it and then all of a sudden you find out oh my god I put way too much flour in it it's going to be ruined. And it's the same thing with a song. You need a mirror. You need somebody to taste test that song to make sure that it's going in the right direction, that it's the best it can be. And then I also put on these wonderful songwriting retreats, which I am very happy to say that I am going to be offering my in-person songwriting retreats once again, August 15th to 19th is the first one in Nashville after being locked down for a year and a half. And they are pretty wondrous and fantastic, as you attested to. Thank you, Katie. Um, Absolutely. I take everyone away for a week, um, and you are put through a process that you don't have to think about anything. Everything is done for you. You don't even have to think about who you're going to co-write with. I put everybody together, and I, you know, I make sure that you have three great meals a day, and that there's yoga, and there's a voice class, and, you know, everything is. I pay attention to everything. So all you have to do is come and fall down and write and just enjoy and, and, and really um, and enjoy the process of, of, of what I put you through. And what I put you through is the method- methodology that I have come up with, which is if you want your songs to be great, which is the integration, integration of your voice, your lyric and your melody, then you are going to have to develop those three things along with your body, mind and soul for the rest of your life. So it's those six tools that I create a filter for, for you to look at your life. So if I'm critiquing someone, I can look at those six tools and go, well, let's see. Her voice is in great shape. She really takes care of herself. She's, um, you know, she's, she's, she's very passionate. She's very emotional, but she's not writing stories well. So let's really concentrate on the lyrics. So I can look at those, like I said, the six tools and figure out, which one needs improving and we can work. So, you know, sometimes it's all six of them that need improving and sometimes it's just one, but it's a filter to look at your life so that you can get better. Absolutely. And, and, and in your, 
<laughs> no, I thank you. That was it was perfect. You literally answered like five of my questions already <laughs> out the bat. I love it. Um, so in your in your retreats, you have a very holistic approach to help the participants build a solid foundation. So can you talk about this holistic approach and why it is so vital to the songwriting process? If we forget about us and if you forget about you in the process, then it's much harder. You're working with the voice, the lyric and the melody, but you're not paying attention to who you are. We, ex we live in a 3D reality. So we experience life through our bodies, through our mind, and through our souls. It's how we develop. It's we develop our mind by going to school. We develop our soul by falling in love and having emotions and experiences. And we develop our body by our, by our diet, our sleep, and our exercise. That's how we go through life. How we navigate our reality is through our body, mind, and soul. So if if you don't take care of your body, how is your voice going to be strong? Because your voice doesn't exist without your body. Your body will have a feeling first and you'll, you'll have a feeling and you'll go, oh my God, what's that feeling? And your mind like identifies it and goes, wait a minute, I know what that is. And then your breath will take this feeling through your, up through your throat and you will speak, I'm hungry but your body has the, the feeling first. If your body is not in great shape or it's in dis-ease, as I say, um, then how is your voice gonna be strong? I use this example, but I got heartburn for the first and only time about four or five years ago. It was the worst thing I've ever felt in my life. I was, my voice was not good. I was not, I was nasty, I was mean, I was crabby. There was no way I could create. There was no way I could do anything because I was in such pain. Now that's a, you know, an extreme example, okay? But if you're not feeling good, how do you expect to be as creative as you want when you've got these things that are blocking you? You know, and then a friend of mine who I was complaining to said, you know, half of America lives on tons. You know, half of America, like this is this is like the state of the world. I'm like, how could anybody live with this? I mean, I would be. No wonder people kill each other. It's like, you know, when you're not feeling good, you're short on temper. I mean, it goes on and on and on. If your mind is too, too ramped up, it's too cluttered, it's too overworked. How do you expect to have the space to be able to, to create new things? Or if your mind is sluggish, then how are you going to, you know, create new things? How are you going to go and create new words and new sentences and new, new stories? Your mind has to be fresh and has to be, um, has to be, you know, in good working order in order to come up with the stories, which are your lyrics. And then your soul, if you're not in touch with how you're feeling and you're just feeling fine all the time, then your songs are just going to be fine all the time. It's having those experiences. <laughs> it's falling in love. It's breaking up. It's, you know, getting mad. It's getting, you know, jealous. It's, it's having all those different emotions that spark the stories. And it all goes hand in hand. So we, so for me, it's, you know, I've been doing this for a long time. And, and, you know, when I started seeing the songwriters of mine that weren't feeling good, you know, that were having a hard time, it was a big light bulb moment for me that, you know, this is, this is hindering your talent by not taking care of yourself.
I can definitely attest to that being on the retreat and doing the yoga and all of the amazing foods that uh, Carter was making for us down in Nashville. I, uh, yeah. It was I. It was life changing, not just for me. I know there was there was a couple of friends that I made at the retreat. We were all just in awe of how amazing our bodies felt and how productive our minds had started to become just literally within the first day. And so ever since that specific retreat, I've actually started doing more yoga. That was the first time I'd ever attempted yoga in my life. So that was a completely new and different experience. (laughs) Well, what's interesting also is that you were, you were also on a schedule, which I think is really important for, for productivity, you know? getting up at, you know, every, a different hour every day and eating at different times and not, you know, being very like, like I said, not structured can really have effect on your productivity. What every day, you know, at the retreats, you know, there's yoga at eight, there's breakfast at nine, there's a a workshop at 1030. We eat at at lunch at one, there's co-writing in the afternoon, there's dinner at six, there's performances afterwards, and then we're done. And then you do it again and you get into this hologram of, oh, wait, I'm, I'm, I'm feeding my body at the same time every day. I'm feeding it with the same amount of food every day. I'm healthy. I'm exercising every day. I'm using my mind a couple hours a day with workshops. I'm being creative in the afternoon when, you know, it's like by the afternoon, it's like your brain can get a little like, you know, I don't want to be looking at figures and stuff. It's like, let's be creative. So there's a, there's a, a, an arc to it, you know, and, and I think everybody feels so, I mean, everybody kind of really says the same thing. It's like, I, you know, it's life-changing to be on a schedule and to be disciplined it really is. The productivity increases greatly. And there, I mean, there's been plenty of scientific studies that have shown that as well. Um, so yes. let's, let's talk about the, the art of co-writing, uh, because in your retreats, you focus very heavily on getting writers into rooms with new people and so can you talk about why co-writing is so important to the songwriting process? Well, I'm, I'm a big believer that it takes a village to raise a child. So to do anything on your own is harder. You know, I mean, you, there are a lot of writers. Diane Warren's one of them. You know, she writes mostly alone. 99% of the time she writes alone. It's, that's a gift. That is a gift. But I believe that it is so much easier and I think more fun when you're sitting with you know, a couple of other writers and you can have this discussion. You can really flesh out the story. You can come up with new chords. Three people might be guitar players, but you all might be different guitar players and have different ways of approach approaching. And that's the beautiful thing is that you, you start blending in your different talents together. It's like, you know, chocolate, strawberry, and vanilla. It's like you put them together. What do you get? You know, um, I, I, and I also believe that, you know, for younger writers that, you know, are starting out, it is, it's always wonderful to, you know, they say play tennis with somebody who's better than you. So when, you know, when I'm doing co-writes at the, at the retreat, I'm, I want to make sure that I have somebody who's maybe a great, great guitar player, and then maybe a younger, you know, melody person who, who hasn't had that much experience because the, the seasoned guitar player can really carry and come up with chords and, and, and navigate it. Um, but yeah, I just, I think the co-writing process is, is, is just really, really important to learning. I think it's, you're not going to school, you're not going to college. So to be able to sit in a room with two other people and learn their method and learn what they bring 
you're going to pick up tips. You're going to pick up, you know, different, different little uh, uh, tools to learn. Absolutely. So, okay. With co-writing comes the discussion of splits. Mm -hmm. Can you explain for some of maybe our younger listeners that don't know what a split is, talk about a split and talk about how to negotiate it. Yes. So, a split is is what we call when you split the, the the song up. So if you and I write, Katie, okay, if we come into a room and we come into the room fresh and we sit there and we, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? And, you know, back and forth, it's going to be probably a 50-50 co-write, you know? Um, if there's three people in the room, it's going to be a third, a third, a third. You have to kind of... For me, it's natural to go into a co-write and split it between evenly between the people, okay? And there's always an exception to the rule. So let me go back first. I believe that when you start a co-write, so if you and I, Katie, are, are sitting there for the first time, I walk in and say, like, Katie, so let me tell you that my philosophy is that if you and I are going to write together, then it's going to be 50-50. I usually go in with that. I let them know up front what my philosophy is. Okay. And you might go, ah, I feel the same way. Great. At the end of the co-write, we're going to check in with each other. All right. Because maybe just maybe I wrote the whole entire lyric and came up with the melody and you, you were like, oh my God, I, you know, you wrote the whole, you, you, I, I'm only going to take 40%. You take 60%. You know, we may split it up a little differently because of what happened. Or maybe I pull out a lyric in the middle of it and go, you know what? I have this lyric that I wrote a while ago with your music. I think this is good. You don't know. So you always leave room for the wiggle room, right? Another example, though, is let's say that I walk in and with you, Katie, and go, I, I know we're writing today, but I have a song that's almost finished. I have a song that I've written. I'm done. I said, I really kind of could use a bridge and maybe something else. So I'm only looking to give up 25% of this song. Are you willing to do that? OK, so it's it's saying things up front. It's making sure that you and your partner or your writing group are on the same page from the beginning. All right. It's not something you bring up at the end and go, well, you know, I did this and I did that. And I only wanted to give up 24 percent, 5 percent. And you're like, yeah, but I worked a lot more on it. I think I should get more, you know, just make sure at the very beginning that you state what your intentions are. Yeah. Absolutely. And there's, and nobody should be afraid of that. No. I think that's important. No. And you shouldn't be afraid to just have that conversation because it honestly, it takes a lot of the tension that could be at the end of the right yeah. out. This is your business. And if you don't have those splits um, agreed to, all right, if you don't leave a co-write and agree to those splits and have all the information from each co-writer, let's say, you know, Katie, you take the song and you go pitch it somewhere and all of a sudden Grey's Anatomy wants to use it. Well, if they call you and go, okay, we'd love to use this song, you know, who wrote it? What are the splits? And you go, hold on. I got to get, I got to make sure they're going to go, sorry, next we'll, we'll go to the next song that all that stuff has to be ready and ready to go. Once you've pitched a song, the Judy Stakey company songwriting retreats help you develop, fulfill, and transform as a creative and human being exclusive and intimate. The retreats will build a holistic and professional foundation to support your chosen future in music. So visit Judy at judystakey.com slash retreats. And as a special gift to everybody who is listening, Judy has offered a free song critique. So when you go to her website and you go to check out, use the code jukebox 
for your free song critique. Links are in the show notes. Especially if you're looking to sync, because if yes. you know companies that are looking for for material to sync, they want it right now. They want four different versions of it, and yep. everything has to be signed on the dotted line and ready to go. Yeah, you can't send a demo in for sync. You know, I got asked this the other day on on my Facebook Live. I hear all the time that you have to like do all these big demos, and it's like it all depends on what your intention is. If your intention is that I want to do simple demos so I can see what I'm doing you know, and just get them done, you know, because I'm just starting out, that's fine. But if I've written a song that I want to get on film and TV, you have to have a master that sounds just as good as the Red Hot Chili Peppers or Jason Mraz, because if you're in between them, you, we can't have this high quality production and then this little demo, they're not going to use it, you know? So yeah, intention is a big word that I use. And it's, I think, you know, really important that you ask yourself, what is our intention? You know, even in a co-write, you come in and Katie, what's our intention? Today? Intention is to write a great song together. You know, I'm coming in here like going, let's do this together and do it 50-50. If it works out something different, then, you know, we'll do it at the end. But that's my mission. Awesome. Well, and I think it sets the, it sets the co-write off on the right foot. And, you know, yeah. there aren't questions. And sometimes yeah. that's what you need. You need to be able to take the guesswork out of a co-write. Yes, absolutely. For sure. Okay, so talk to me about this, Judy. You know, let's let's discuss PROs and the benefits yeah. of PROs um, because a lot of people are very confused about what is a PRO, how do they serve me, what do they do? A PRO is a performing rights organization. So when you are a songwriter, you get paid a couple of different ways. You get paid for the uh, the actual recording. The, the, the master is what we call it. So if Kelly Clarkson sings one of your songs, every time Kelly Clarkson sells an album or a downstream or you know an iTunes, um, you make money from her singing your song. You also make money from the recording of the song, from us hearing the song on the radio, on TV. That's a performance royalty, okay? So you're going to make a master royalty and you're going to make a, a performance royalty. In order to make a performance royalty, you have to be signed up with a performing rights organization. BMI, ASCAP, CSAC, um, there's probably a few others running out there, but those are the three main ones that you can join. Joining costs, I don't know, 50 bucks, something like that to put in an application. And then what they do is that once your song is, is you know, you, you, you put your song in that, you know, this is the song that Kelly Clarkson's going to sing. And then every time it's on the radio, they collect the money for you and pay you. So they're acting as the accountants for all the performance, performances that you are going to be getting out there. You have to be signed up with one of these in order to get paid. So that's what a performance rights organization does. However, they are much more than that when you utilize their, their, the benefits and their resources because they have um, uh, membership, um, membership delegates and so forth that will help you if you sometimes set up co-rights or set up a meeting. You know, they get behind songwriters at the very beginning and will champion them just as much as I do. I, I use them so much at Warner Chapel. I think every six months I would send them 
you know, the new writers that I had signed, you know, to get them interested, to get them to know what, you know, these are the ASCAP writers that I signed. These are the BMI writers I signed. I mean, I remember sending Barbara Kane at BMI, Cheryl Crow, when I first signed her, you know, and she was like, who is this? I said, just wait, you know, about to get her a deal and so forth. But they were on it right from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's where they can help you. They can be another champion. They can be another spokesperson for your, for your, your career. Absolutely. So there's a PR um, element to the accounting part of them. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Sure. And is there is there really a benefit to to choosing between the three that you are aware of? There are some benefits to some areas of them. You have to do the research. Um, you know one might be a little bit more aggressive in the jazz world or the country world or the rock world or the pop world. Are they all the same? Yes. Okay. (laughs) They do all the same thing. They now have great technology. You know, you know, in the olden days, the radio stations had to keep track of what songs they wrote by hand and when they played them, you know, get little marks and all that. Well, now with digital, you know, you, it's very simple. Um, right. However, they all have a different way of collecting and of doing things. So it behooves you as a writer to go and do the research, go and take a meeting with each of them or go and, you know, call them and, and you know, get somebody on the phone that, that can really explain it. Go talk to your other co-writers and find out their experiences okay so i mean i they all pay great they all are wonderful and i've had some that are better than others in in some areas you know so it, it just all depends gotcha with making sure that you're also uh you know lined up with a pro you can establish your own publishing company as well especially if you're an independent writer and you you know, don't have a, a publishing company that's like, you know, got your catalog. Can you talk about maybe what it would be like to negotiate a deal with a publishing company? Okay, so you are a publisher. No matter what, you are a publisher, okay? So, like I said, when you write a song, you are the writer and you are the publisher. You own 100% of the writing and you write it 100% of the publisher. If you hook up with another music publisher, you're going to be giving up a share of your publishing monies. Mm-hmm. 50% usually is the 25% of gross, 50% of the publishing. So if you have 100% of writers and 100% of publishing, you'd be giving 50% up of the publishing to a music publishing company to take care of all of the business for you and to help you market and so forth. When you're negotiating, it all depends on where you are in your career. If you are a brand new songwriter negotiating with a publisher, they are probably going to do a standard co-publishing deal, which like I just said, they will take 50% of your publishing, half. Mm-hmm. So you get 75% of the dollar coming in and they get a quarter because like I said, it's, it's 25% of the gross, it's 50% of the publishing. That's pretty standard. I mean, to give somebody 25 cents out of your dollar to take care of your legal and royalty collection and copyright and get make sure that your songs are sent to all the film and TV people and that Kelly Clarkson's got your newest song. And, you know, that's that's nothing when you think in the long run what they're going to be doing for you. 
Right. That is the most standard. If you have a huge catalog that has been making money for years and years and years, and you go do a publishing deal, you might may be able to make, do an administration deal, which means that they don't keep, they, they will do about the same. The percentages may be a little lower. They may take 20% or 15% mm -hmm. because your catalog is, is generating money, all right? Um, so it, it just all depends on where you are at. Cool. Well, and I think a lot of songwriters are very unsure of the fact that they are essentially the second they write the song, they are the writer and they are the publisher. And the publisher. Yep. Right. And so it's just that, you know, it's like, it's like a mother. It's like you have the child and then you have to take care of the child. It'd be great to have a nanny come in and help you out. Right? Yes. <laughs> That's kind of what a music publisher does. There's a nanny that comes in and goes, okay, you go write, I'll go take care of your stuff. <laughs> And it's what every writer really wants is a music publisher. Yeah. The difference now is that the music business before the internet, before, you know, in, in, in the other configuration, there was a lot more room for development. Yeah. Nowadays, you, you know, the companies are, um, we don't have the, the creative staffs that we used to have. And there's, they, everybody wants a songwriter that's already proven. Mm -hmm. They do not want to go through the development process because the development process can be hard. Uh, this is what I do. Okay. And you can get somebody who, you know, you get that A plus student that when you tell them something, they go, I got it. And they change things. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh my God, your lyrics brilliant. You, 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 you listened to what I said and you, you took it in and you, you, you know, you applied it and it's like, how wonderful you're on your way. And then sometimes it takes a year for somebody to like, the light bulb clicks on. So development is, you know, it all depends on you. Um, but that's what takes the time. And that's why I think it's so important because if you want to get to the point where this is a career, you have to have a strong foundation and learn how to do it over and over and over again. It's not like you're making one product and that's it. Right. You know, it's like right. I make a plastic glass and I'm going to sell millions of them and that's it. No, you're going to make a, a glass every day. You right. Know? Yeah. Well, and I think that's why it's it's amazing that, you know, someone like you who has this wealth of knowledge, you're giving songwriters the tools that they need to walk in and go, okay, I'm an artist. You know, potentially I'm an artist and I'm a songwriter. I'm developed. I'm ready to go. Because like you said, now record labels aren't going to do that. They're not going to invest in their artists. They have to be ready to go instead of you know, working yourself to the bone, just trying to get the record deal and spinning your wheels, why not come to a retreat where you learn literally all of the tricks of the trade? And right. not only that, but you also immerse yourself in a group of musicians all across the world and you, you make fabulous networking contacts. And I think that's a great point to bring up is the networking part of it, because mm -hmm. this is a very solitary business that, you know, we've all chosen. And, you know, most writers, you know, they, you write at home and unless you have a co-writer, you're doing a lot of things alone to have a network, to have these people that you have, you know, you've got basically you've gone to summer camp with, yeah. you know, so yeah. you have this bond. Like you said, you have, you have a couple of really good friends that you stay in touch with and that, you know, you can call and go, listen, will you listen to a song for me? Or what did you do about this? You have people that you can rely on. It takes a village. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and look at what has happened to some of your village members. I mean, Nell May is killing it. I'm 
so excited. I'm so excited. Yeah. Yeah. It's really nice to see how they've taken this information and all of this knowledge and really worked it to their advantage. And Lauren Weintraub, who yep. has a publishing deal with um, Big Machine and, and Brandy Clark, who's got a song on the radio. First blew up at TikTok, you know, and now it's everywhere. Blake Rose is like killing it. I mean, his songs are on every, I, I put on a new playlist and there's Blake Rose. He's right there. Milo got a, um, he got a, a Starbucks commercial oh, cool. um, and, you know, is just killing it also. I mean, it's just, I could go on and on. There's really happy, really excited about everybody. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so so we've talked so much about your experience and and some of the different things that you've witnessed, you know, change through the industry. So I would like to know what different trade secrets do you think that songwriters need to know about right now? Like what is happening right now that if people are not up on it, what are they missing out on? Publishers and A&R companies are now really invested in finding people on TikTok. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I think that really, like really became the norm, especially after last year of lockdown, when, you know, there was no, you couldn't go out to see anybody, you know, where did you find the talent? But I, um, I was actually ha having a, a discussion with uh, one of my clients and I said, well, you know, you must have every A&R person after you now. And she said, yes, and she said, I'm competing with all the other artists that are on TikTok that they're all going after, you yeah. know? So yeah. that's the competition. Right. That's the competition. Um, I don't, I'm not sure if I know of any other trades. I'm trying to think of trade secrets here. Um, well, I think the the TikTok one is, is super interesting because it, People go viral overnight, you know, overnight. I mean, overnight. And it's, and it all, sometimes all it takes is one video. And, and in this case, it, all it takes is one song. Absolutely. So for, in line with that, if it only takes one song, then you have to make sure your song is great. Yeah. Because if you're competing with all these people on TikTok, I went on, I, I, I'm, I'm not a, big viewer of TikTok, but I went on the other day for about half an hour to really look and like see what was going on. And it's just so much. I mean, you could be on there for days and days. <laughs> I mean, it's just so much. So how do you stand out? You know? Right. Um, and a great song is, is a great song is a great song. Yep. Absolutely. More of them. Yes. Yes, indeed. Okay, so uh, we'll get kind of close to wrapping up here, but as a woman in the music business, you know, a mogul who has done so many things and has been an inspiration to so many women, what advice do you have for young women who want to work on the business side of the industry right now? If you could give them one piece of advice. Oh, one piece of advice. Um, learn how to communicate, learn how to communicate. Um, I believe, and I've seen this a lot of, of a lot of women, there's some men, but a lot of women who get into situations, get into business meetings, get into 
you know, whatever situation it is, and can't find their words or don't know how to to tell someone to politely go someplace <laughs> um, or get mad without becoming a bitch. Do you know what I'm saying? It's, yep. it's how do you how do you learn how to navigate this world being a woman? It's very powerful to be able to speak your mind, to be able to use your words. Um, and I will tell you that I, I think role-playing is a really good thing and a really good exercise to do. Um, I, I represent one producer, man, um, I manage one producer writer. And when he, when we first started taking publishing meetings, this was a few years ago, I had him come in and as he walked through the door, he, I told him, I told him, I said, we're going to do a little mock meeting. And he came through the door and I said, hi, Jim from Sony, come on in. I said, so tell me about yourself. I mean, I put him through the ringer. And when he went to give me his songs, I said, it doesn't work. He says, yes, it does. I said, no, it doesn't. Do you have a backup? No. I said, so it was like, you know, after the meeting, it was like, okay, you need a backup to make sure. Cause if you're, if that drive doesn't work, you better have a backup. Do you have lyrics printed out? What are you going to say? What did you, you know, did you do your homework on who you were meeting with? So, and when he came in the second time, he was much better. By the time he got to the meeting, I mean, he just, he had it down because he had practiced. So if you are a woman who is going into this business, make sure that you also are really paying attention to how you speak and how you use your voice because that's how you are going to be represented in these meetings and if somebody like pisses you off and, and is trying to do something that you don't want you have to be able to go hold on hold on what did you just say wait <laughs> would you repeat that because i thought you said this but i can't believe you know you have to be how to navigate and how to like maybe disarm them a little bit and maybe use a little sense of humor but your voice is extremely important in how you use it. So that's that's something I would really, really suggest. All right. Well, that's a fantastic piece of advice. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. Last question. Mm -hmm. What is, and, you, and it could be multiple things, but what is the thing you love the most about what you do? So I, got, I got very weepy all of a sudden. <laughs> the thing I love most about is having all this information and experience and education and, and knowledge that I can give to somebody that can change their life, that they can use this. Like I can, I can give them some peaceful, some useful piece of information and they absorb it and they integrate it with what they've got. And then it, it, it makes them better. It enlarges their real estate. It, it, you know, it, it, it inspires them. And that's what I love most. I love most that I, I have that, that peace that they need. That's beautiful. That is beautiful. Well, I know for a fact that you changed my life in 2017 and I wouldn't even be here with this podcast right now if it weren't <laughs> for you and all of the things that I've done down in Nashville. So I am eternally grateful for your for your guidance. Uh, and I'm just 
I'm so glad that we could have you on here and try to, you know, put your message out there to to our listeners and everybody that's involved in music on the move. So if you could, uh, Judy, tell us, you know, where do we find you and when is your next upcoming retreat? You can find me at my brand new website that was just launched last week Yay. at Judy, judystakey.com. And I am happy to announce that I am putting on my first in-person retreat since lockdown, August 15th to the 19th in Nashville. I'll be having another one at the end of August in California. And I really want to, what's really important, which I love about this is that in Nashville, um, I'm only putting two to a room and you know how big those rooms are, Katie, oh, right? Wow. But there's only two in a room. There's a couple of singles that people can pay a little extra for, but I did that for COVID sure. so that sure. it, we weren't packed in. And in California at the retreat, everyone gets their own room except for, for uh, two, two sets of uh, four people. Actually, there's, there's two people will have to room with, um, with, a yeah, two people have to room with other people, but otherwise everybody gets their own room. Um, I wanted to make sure that everybody felt safe for COVID in yeah. coming and, you know, coming together with people that they don't know. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. That is so great. Well, and and I can attest to the fact too that, you know, if, if you've been thinking about going to one of Judy's retreats and you're not 100% positive about it, I highly recommend buying her book and reading it because once you read that book, <laughs> it'll seal the deal for you. Or you can just come talk to me and I'll tell you everything you need to know. There you go. <laughs> so I'm so proud of you. I'm oh. so proud of you. Especially you, you are the finalist with um, opening up for Kane Brown. You were one of the you got to the end there. I was very proud of you for that. That's yes, great. Yes, thank you. Yeah, yeah, we we were the the runner ups. It was it was a very close oh. very close call. Uh, it was we lost by two votes. Oh, yeah, it was oh, so close. I'm so sorry. It's okay. Well, but isn't it nice to know that you were that close? I mean, you know, hell that's yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it was awesome. So my my band is very proud, and and we we actually had some pretty cool things come out of it. So we had some people approach us about investing in our band. So, well, fantastic. So fantastic. it it all works out. We still won, even though we didn't win. We still won. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> Talk to a lot of the Voice and American Idol runners up. You know. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Jennifer Holiday. There you go. <laughs> no, Jennifer. Is that her name? Jennifer Holiday. Uh, Hudson. No. Jennifer Hudson. Uh, Jennifer Hudson. Yep. Hudson. Hudson. Yeah. All right, my friend. Well, thank you again for being on the show. It was a You're pleasure. Welcome. You're welcome. Take care. Oh, my God. I hope you guys learned something from that. I definitely did. And Judy, I cannot thank you enough for coming on to Paradox Jukebox and sharing this information with people for free. That's incredible. So, friends, do yourself a favor. Take advantage of her songwriting critique. Okay, go to judystakey.com slash coaching, and then you can use the code jukebox to get yourself one free song critique. It is worth it. You will never regret that decision, I promise you, just like I don't regret going to one of Judy's retreats. So links are in the show notes. Check those out right now. Thank you so much for listening. Aaron McClendon and I really, really appreciate all the support that we get at Music on the Move. So if you'd like to learn more about us, you can go check out our shiny brand new website, musiconthemovestudios.com. And then you can find me, katiethompsonmusic.com. You can also reach out to me, 
Katie, C-A-I-T-I-E, at musiconthemovestudios.com if you'd like to talk or maybe even come on to the show. So thanks again, friends, for listening. I hope you enjoyed this particular episode. I definitely did. We'll see you next time. Bye.